to draw is to express, conceal or reveal, just as a spoken or written language. Hello, this is Shruti Mahajan and you're listening to MASH Podcast. My work seemed like visual archives and I see myself as a documenter who is engaged in recording circumstances, different perspectives and lives that I encountered over a period of time. My own trajectories of migration have made me conscious of relationship between memories and movement. I have often ruminated on the narratives of belongingness, identity and nationhood while gathering the experience of itinerant life. Having lived in military cantonments of many cities and broader regions of India, shifting home every two to three years has been an integral part of my living. This constant displacement has redefined my idea of home and its association with permanence and temporariness, remembering and forgetting, attachment and detachment. Over a period of time, I have been able to reflect, respond and visually translate many such concepts in my work and drawings. I think through my art, I have been able to negotiate the uneasiness that one goes through frequent travels. I constantly lived with the feeling of not being able to settle down anywhere and therefore art and writing gave me a grounding. It connected me to the present moment. In the early phases of my life, I had a tendency to control, remain in my identity as an artist and then feel isolated in the new surroundings. With time, I realized that this became an impediment in my creative pursuits. As I began to let go and embrace several other identities, becoming anonymous and just looking at what the life was offering me in the due course of time, I realized that I tuned in better and my artistic faculties sharpened. There was a strange clarity that came in and I have to admit that the process became more and more enjoyable. I stopped searching for so-called like-minded, creatively inclined people in the city and instead began to meet people without being judgmental about their context. Gradually, everything began to unfold like a film and people appeared as characters. Drawing is crucial to my practice and the process in itself. To draw is to express, conceal or reveal just as a spoken or written language. Even the word drawing is expansive. You draw ideas, in weaving you draw a warp, and in defense you draw or mark a border. Sometimes drawings are a scaffold for new ideas to grow. I work between mediums of paper, stationery, cloth, found objects and layered narratives. I come from central India, the Malwa region, from a family of musicians and music lovers. To be engaged with poetry, literature, music was a way of life. Festivals were marked by having musical baithaks at home. And this way we grew up in an atmosphere where Riyaz was an integral part of living. This really infused love for art practices. Both my parents draw. My mother draws very delicate images of birds and trees and my father is a very creative engineer. And I've always observed him thoughtfully working through the ideas on any paper at hand, developing concepts and turning electrified blueprints into machines. As children, I have memories of making paper models and one such project which is still there at home is a model of Shaker's house with four rooms, the characteristic tables and chairs, the simple chimneys in the kitchen and the cupboards. Many years later, when I saw a book on American Shakers in college, I got delighted like a child. 
So well, I carried these memories with me to Faculty of Fine Arts Baroda, a place which gives you an atmosphere where you learn to commit yourself to the world of art and image making. After finishing my graduation, I studied textiles at the National Institute of Design. As I was trying to assimilate the two different pedagogical approaches, it was the writings and works of Professor K.G. Subramaniam, which worked like a bridge and enlarged my understanding of seeing the interconnectedness in the diverse practices. While learning the nuances of color and form all over again, through weaving, printing, and dyeing, a lot of learning happened in my visual understanding in relation to different mediums. It was enriching to closely look at the practices of craft, architecture, furniture, graphic design, often taught in various practical and theory courses. The idea of making was seen in a broader perspective of livelihood, ecology, culture, heritage, utility, and aesthetics. It redefined the idea of freedom in relation to the constraints. In Baroda, often during the short breaks, I used to take a bus to Dhar in Madhya Pradesh, where my maternal grandmother lived in nearly 100-year-old ancestral house with my uncles and aunts and their children. It was a very big house with tinted glass on the arch windows and Prussian blue and emerald green doorknobs on the wooden doors. The entrance had a big veranda overlooking a garden with an old chiku tree. Since I had heard innumerable stories of nearly five generations who lived in the house during my mother's childhood, it was during those visits I would capture a corner or two in my paintings I did those days. Years later, when I began to move and live in different cities, I began to think about this house again, capturing fragments of memory. It was an engaging project which involved a lot of personal archival material. In 2009, I presented this work in a group show titled Studio Practices, curated by Sandra Khare at Kemal Prescott Road, Mumbai. The exhibition had intimate paintings, drawings, objects. Like snapshot or short novellas, these paintings depicted beds, doors, room corners, old furniture, verandas, fans, electrical switchboards. The rooms were devoid of people, and it was an attempt to look at inheritance from the outside into an inside full of absence presences. This project had a video installation with a sound loop playing Kumar Gandharf, an important voice from Malwa singing a Goraknath verse. It said, Guruji, Maito Ek Niranjan Dhyauji, Duje Ke Sang Nahi Jaoji. The video installation had images of various rooms of the now dilapidated house, balconies, old furniture paintings hung on the wall and personal belongings of people who once lived there. These images were projected on a mosquito net tied on a blue iron bed which I sourced from Mumbai's Chor Bazaar or flea market. The bed had a cotton quilt which I had printed with my sleeping image. It was a very personal work and it evoked deep sentiments of loss in viewers. It was during the show I was selected by a German art foundation called Kunststiftung Enave for six months residency in Cologne. I lived in this beautiful studio apartment of Kölnischekunstverein in the middle of the city center and in thick of the artsy. Those six months in Cologne were an important phase of my life as an artist as I met many artists, attended seminars at the Kunstverein and had unlimited access to the museums and the libraries. Cologne was one city which was heavily destroyed during the World War II, and often during the conversation with artist fraternity, this fact would come to the surface as one reflected on the city, its buildings, 
and its new architectural language. I had an opportunity to collaborate with a German artist, Alkari, who later became a very dear friend, and we exhibited in the space called Field Institute Humboldt, a space built by Japanese architect Katsuhito Nishikawa with the overseas container boxes. To exhibit in a tunnel-like space was an experience in itself, and our works were set in a zigzag format, setting up a dialogue. During those days of exhibition, I got an opportunity to spend time at the museum in Selhomboy, which is a noise, and is a park and a museum combining architecture, art, and nature on over 62 acres of meter land. The park includes the Kirkaby Field and a rocket station, a disused nature missile base. In the minimalistic landscape of this space, sculptor Evan Hirsch created 11 exhibitions pavilion, which were called chapels in the landscape. These elemental sculptures had a huge influence on my visual language, which changed significantly once I returned back to India. I did a series of works on garages, boxes, envelopes, roofs, floor plan over a period of time. I have often been invested in telling stories that, have, that leave room for inquiry and exploration of subtext, connotations, and subtleties, which speak from absence and removal as much as their presence, like elements of language, a period, a comma, and dash, visually conveying meaning I communicate via lines and spaces. I find myself committed to the paper as a medium. I draw and paint on it, cut it, stitch it, even paste it. Paper engages me for diversity. It can be transported easily, folded, rolled, and can be de decomposed. Paper may be light and fragile, but has the potential to be a weapon when used to publish documents of division, partition, divorce, or death sentence. Paper is political. In this context, I would like to talk about a film called Lucky, which was a reflection of my experiences of living twice near the border towns, one in Baramula in Kashmir and second time in Hindumal Court in Rajasthan. The film is a part of a video installation which was accompanied with drawings and a long concentrina wire made out of paper in meters, which is put on the wall and the floor like a big doodle indicating the present situation on ground, especially in Kashmir. The film was an extension of my engagement with cartography, where human behavior is shaped through volatile and contested landscapes. While the border in Kashmir is a shifting line, the Radcliffe line passing through the western Rajasthan is clearly demarcated fence of concentrina wire and floodlights. At several points along the border, one can clearly witness the traces of haphazard Radcliffe line cutting across fields and houses, separating kitchens from living rooms, and ruthlessly lacerating the social fabric of pre-independent India. Ironically, the flag retreat performed every evening to honor the territorial integrity of nation, also a reminder of pain of partition. The three chapters of film, Lakir, titled Khaka, which is drawing, Karsazi, which is making, and Taksim, which is dividing, are reflections on the surgical, brutal, and irrevocable division of the land. The sound in the film is a bugle that is played during the beating retreat ceremony conducted every day at Sadiqi Suleiman border at Fazilka in Punjab. The drill is a scaled-down version of ceremony at Baga border. During those visits, I met and interviewed many locals, which did include some who had vivid descriptions of 
migration during and after partition. I documented a lot of old abandoned houses, many of them built during pre-partition times. Those houses remained in my mind as markers of displacement and loss. I would like to talk about a series of recent works which set themselves up in a dialogue. The titles are Chhat, Ghar and Dastavez, meaning roof, home and documents. Chhat is a threshold between outside and the inside, a contained space in contrast with the limitless sky, a painstakingly mounted roof over one's head, sometimes as humble as tarpaulin that keeps out the rain. Ghar invites you inside and asks you to think about the depth of feeling, ideas of security and vulnerability, of childhood afternoons that evoke a haze of nostalgia. The idea of home overlaps with the idea of ownership, linking the work to Dastaves, the crucial papers which prove ownership are contested, the documentation process of bureaucracy, the seemingly never-ending journeys of files, of administrative records, and the imposition of authority and the privilege of having words in your favor. Chuck is a relief made out of carbon paper, response to the bureaucracy, which involves the allotment of houses, lands, compensations of any kind. The amount of documentation that one has to go through in the corridors of power, the government offices make you wonder about the seemingly fragile and harmless paper can become so powerful that it could almost ruin anybody's life. Currently, I'm working on a new project, which is some way also an extension of my practice, began in September 2019 at the Kunz Historisches Institute in Florence, Max Planck Institute, where I was an artist in residence. I have brought back several ideas from the museum and my time in Florence, merging them with my explorations of spaces and architectural fragments in India. The world has changed irrevocably, and my responses are also evolving. Movement, once alarmant, is now out of question and has complex associations of loss, responsibility, and privilege. Ideas are brewing, uh, are brewing in my mind, and like everything else, they are also struggling to find a direction in the times of uncertainty. Having said that, I would like to conclude with a verse of Kabir, which says, Sakhya vaghar sab se nyara, jahan puran purush hamara, jahan nahi sukh dukh saanch jhoot nahi, papa na punya pasara, nahi bin rain, chand nahi suraj, bin jyoti ujiyara. Hello, greetings from Hyderabad. This is Shruti Mahajan and you're listening to MASH Podcast. <laughs>